so good to be able to be with you here, and I just uh, love being around the Abbots. They are some of my favorite people on the planet, and I, I know quite a few people. You guys like them too? Good. That's good. I'm glad that you do. Um, so we knew them. We used to live in their basement back in the day for a while. Yeah, and we're still friends, so it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. And uh, they just have a heart for God and such a, a faith and love that is inspiring. And uh, it has really been an honor to do life together with them and enjoy what God is doing uh, and staying in relationship throughout the years. And so I uh, just love the Abbots. They're just amazing. They really are. And so I'll, I'll brag on them some more later. But I just wanted to thank you for coming out tonight and uh, invite you for the rest of the weekend. And just so you know, tomorrow with a dream interpretation, it's going to be absolutely ridiculously phenomenal. It's going to be so good. I love... Uh, the gifts on my wife regarding dream interpretation. We have relationship with people that are considered uh, seasoned, seasoned prophets. And uh, we have some of them that when they don't know how to handle a dream or what it means, they call up my wife. <laughs> she just really has a gift in that area. And uh, it's not just a gift where she can do it, but she's a, a gift where she can teach it and release it to others. Because sometimes people have things that they can do, but just because you're good at playing the guitar doesn't mean that you can teach somebody else how to do it, right? And so she doesn't just do an incredible job with a gift of dream interpretation, but is able to teach it as well. So come on out tomorrow morning. It's going to be so good. And uh, we're excited about going on this journey with you. I don't know if we're working on my voice. Sounds a little funny. Am I in a weird spot or do I need to move over? I was going to stand up here so I can put my water on your table. That's what I'm doing. So I'll move this. Move this over. Yeah, let me get this table. This is good. I, I'm wireless. Walk right over and grab this thing. All right. We'll get this situated. And I can, I have this pole post right here too and I'm just about the size to hide behind this post you can't see me so anyway all right we'll get that worked out so thank you guys so much for coming out and uh, I guess a little bit of review for our our introduction I suppose for some of you is uh, my wife and I have been married almost 15 years now and we have two girls are amazing eight-year-old and a three-year-old and we live in Pennsylvania, and I have the privilege of working at Global Awakening in Mechanicsburg, uh, part of an incredible ministry uh, with the uh, ministry school, Global School Supernatural Ministry out there, and we pastor a church, and we do some traveling, and we also have some other things in our, uh, in our ministry we'll make you available or make you aware of throughout the weekend. One of them is... A CD. This right here is on this table over on the side. This is a, some song you heard my wife leading worship. And uh, it is such a privilege to have Micah's parents here. And they came out for, for the evening. And I'm 
they're just uh, amazing, amazing people. You get a chance to meet Mike and Vicky, just absolutely incredible people. And a uh, very musical family, and got Micah started on piano lessons when she was five years old. And so uh, I, my musical skills come to playing the radio. That's about as much <laughs> musical ability as I have. But she's really, really skilled. And so all of these are songs that she wrote that are really anchored in Scripture. And, you, you know, the things that you sing are the things that you meditate on. And those things get down in your heart. So if you want to get truth down in your heart and walk out the things of God, uh, then this CD is for you because this right here will really anchor that down. So I just have a question here. Uh, who here recently had a birthday? Recent birthday. Last week? Last, two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? A month ago? When were you guys born? A month. Okay. <laughs> This CD is for you. Come on and get it. Yay, somebody was born. We're so glad that you were born. You know, you were born some time ago, not long ago. Thank you. And we're, we glad, we're glad you were. We know it wasn't your fault you were born, but we're glad you were in the world's a better place because you're in it. So bless you. And uh, these right here make great gifts for others. As well, I heard this year Christmas is going to be on the 25th of December. And so if you want to go ahead and get your Christmas shopping done, get things taken care of, this CD is just a great thing. You can invest in somebody's life over on the side. Uh, we also like to stay in touch with people and have uh, newsletters and things that we send out. And if you want to sign up for that, we hope to get a sheet of paper out here sometime. I, I did not bring my sign-up sheets with me this time, and so we're going to work on getting something for you to sign up for. If you want to find out what we said about you after we leave here, then you can sign up for a newsletter if you want to stay in touch with us. We have a Facebook page as well. If you look up Life Ministries International, uh, then you can find our Facebook page and uh, stay in touch that way. Okay, so that's a little bit of a little bit of side information because I really want to get into what's on my heart tonight. I think we're supposed to end sometime before midnight. I think that's what what was said. So uh, we're I got a lot of things I want to cover. So I'm going to kind of forego some other things and kind of just get into some things because I'm really I'm really excited. We got invited here and we are processing what we're going to go after. And this whole thing has just been stirring in my heart. And uh, Pastor Steve was on board and, was, and has been excited with me about it. And so what we're going to be doing here today is launching this conference. And in this conference, the focus of it, we're calling Responding to the Voice. Responding to the Voice. And I want to start with a scripture, but I need to warn you, it's going to be a little heavy for a couple of minutes. Okay? And the whole, the whole Theory, the whole series and the rest of the evening is not going to be heavy. We're going to have a lot of fun and look at some things. But I just want to warn you for a minute, we're going to be a little heavy. So go to your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to turn this. There we go. All right. This right here is what verse number 25 says, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 25. See to it, see to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if those 
did not escape when he refused him who warned them on earth. Much less will we escape who turn away from him who warns from heaven. Let's take a moment and pray as we just kind of get into this evening and this whole conference. Heavenly Father, we dedicate this weekend to you. We set it apart to make ourselves available for you to speak to us. I ask that you would give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear. Let us know what your Spirit is saying in our day, in our time, to us, to this place, to this region, to our lives and uh, what we are called to be involved with. Lord, I just pray for your voice to be loud and clear. Lord, I even pray that over this weekend you would release visions, revelation, understanding. God, I even ask you to release dreams, just not while I'm speaking. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I believe that's important to let the weight of this scripture sink in for just a moment. So actually, I just want to read it again. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 25. I'm going to take a moment and lay the foundation for the conference and then go into what tonight is about. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25. See to it. Everybody say, see to it. See to it that you do not refuse him who's speaking. For if those did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we escape who turn away from him who warns us from heaven? All right, so right now in our, in our lives, I told you that we pastor a church. I work full-time at Global Awakening. We also do some part-time things online with ministry education and uh, do some itinerant ministry. And we thought we were bored, so we would also add into our lives uh, pursuing a master's degree. And so right now, in our spare time, we're doing a master's degree. And so one of the books in our master's degree is called let me, it's by Dr. John Ruthven, and it's called What's Wrong with Protestant Theology? I'd highly recommend it. And, and the, one of the things that he really emphasizes in the book is that from cover to cover, the Bible is about the voice of God. And it's about the response to the voice of God. And now if you really boil down what sin, what sin is really, I keep going in and out, I don't know if I'm in a weird spot or what, but uh, if we really boil down what sin, sin is about, you guys hear me? I don't know, it feels weird. Okay, if we, when you get back to what this is really about, it's about disobeying the voice of God, what sin is really all about. Whether it's Adam and Eve, or whether it's, God calling Abraham to, to uh, you know, have a child in the process of that, or whether it's about the law that was given to Moses, or whether it's about following the leading of the Holy Spirit, whatever it was about, that it's about obeying the voice of God. God is speaking, and what is our response to that? And I would suggest to you that our response to the voice of God determines the impact that that potential contains. So within every word of God, there is potential. Within it, it's like the word of God who is pregnant with possibilities. 
and it, the ability for what is in that potential to actually be activated and come to life and grow into its full potential largely depends on our response to what God says. And so what we're wanting to do over this weekend is to empower you to respond to the voice of God in a way that creates that platform, that creates that ability for the Word of God to have its full potential in your life. You know, there's this mindset out there that it's actually a Bible verse, but people say it, in, a, in my opinion, in the, the wrong context. They say that the Word of God will not return void to accomplish what it was sent to do. You guys ever heard that Bible verse before, right? Okay, so the application that people normally have in this is just, you know, the Bible, whatever God says, uh, this thing is going to happen no matter what. The problem with that is the Bible says differently because the Word of God, Jesus himself, the Bible says, is the Word became flesh. He came and he said, let me tell you this story. There were four different types of soils and the Word of God was released in those four soils. You guys know the story. One of those soils produced lasting fruit. Three of them did not. So there was nothing wrong with the Word. There was nothing wrong with what was planted. What was wrong was the environment that that Word went into. The response to that Word affected the potential of that Word. And so... The, when the Bible says the Word will accomplish what it was sent, that was actually talking about Jesus. He is the Word of God, and He accomplished what He was sent to do. He said, it is finished. But when it comes to what God is speaking, what He wants to have happen on the earth, it doesn't always happen. I don't know all of your backgrounds here, so I'm sorry if I step on your toes. I don't mean to, but... Uh, you know, there's an idea that whatever God wants to happen, happens no matter what. But I would suggest to you that sounds really great, but it's not biblical. The Bible calls us to pray for the will of God to be done. Maybe you've heard of the Lord's Prayer. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why would God call us to pray for His will to be done if it was automatic? I believe that the will of God is under attack. And there are things throughout Scripture that show the will of God not being done. If you really want to look at it, I'm not going to focus on it tonight, but go in your Bibles to Luke chapter 7 sometime and read about how God's desire was for a different purpose for the Pharisees and the religious leaders. The Bible says in Luke chapter 7 they missed God's purpose for them. In other words, God had a will for them and they missed it because of how they responded. Okay, so we want to have the right response so the potential of what God is saying in our lives can grow to its most possible outcome. Amen? All right, so that's what this weekend is really all about. We want to be able to do that. So turn to your neighbor and say, put your listening ears on. <laughs> all right, all the parents in the room know what I'm talking about. All right, so that's really what this whole conference, we're going to be exploring the voice of God and responding, having the right heart from how God speaks to us so that that, that potential grows. And so tonight, to kick this night off, we're going to go over to uh, Matthew chapter 28. If you want to take your Bibles over there, 
Matthew chapter 28. I'm going to read 18 through 20. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go. Somebody say go. Go, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always until the end of this age. There's been a passion of my heart since I was just a child. I was called into ministry when I was five years old. And when I was just a child, the Lord began to break my heart for a group of people. And the group of people that he broke my heart for were those that aren't in right relationship with him. You know, the Bible tells us that hell was not made for people. And so what my passion has been and my driving force, what has been a part of what motivates me, what moves me in my life, is to rob hell. And I want to invite you to join me in robbing hell. Tonight, as we're kicking off this particular conference, I want to equip you, to empower you, inspire you, to challenge you to join me in robbing hell. Because there are too many people going there and they weren't made for that. And I believe that you have a heart to reach this region and to see some things happen. And so within the context of this conference talking about responding to the voice, if you wanted to write a title for this message, what we're looking at is voice-activated evangelism. Tonight we're talking about voice-activated evangelism. Voice activated means that we do what we were told and we keep listening. Let me say it again. Voice activated means that we do what we were told and we keep listening. Jesus said go. He already said something concerning his heart for the nation. He already declared his will, and he said, I want you to go into the world and make the nations my disciples. Disciple the nations. He said, go into the world and do this, right? And so we have something that was already told to us. We don't need an invitation to love the person in front of us. We don't need to have God hold us by the hand and say, this right here is the person I want you to do something for, because we already have a yes on that. Jesus was willing to die for them, so of course he would be okay with us sharing his love with those people, right? And so when I'm talking about voice-activated evangelists, I'm not talking about where we're waiting for God to give us permission to love the person in front of us. I'm not waiting, I'm not talking about saying, giving just specific instructions about what we're supposed to do and who we're supposed to reach out and how, well, I'm, I'm not talking about that because the first part of voice-activated evangelism is recognizing he's already spoken. He already said go. Look at your, look at the person next to you and say go. Not yet, stay here. But go, he calls us to go into the world. And he's with us in the process of doing that. So now here's here's what I want us to get. I want us to understand that first we have permission to already go because he's already spoken. 
Okay, so there comes an initial response from our heart to take him serious at what he said. Okay? And the next part is to keep on listening. It reminds me of a guy named Abraham where God said, I want you to sacrifice your son, your only son. He had heard something that God had said. And that what God had told him is, I'm going to give you this heir. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless the nations through you. And then he gave him this son. And then he said, I want you to take this son and go sacrifice him. You guys know the story? And so he takes him on this, on this journey, walks for several days, and gets him ready to sacrifice him. And he has the knife up in the, in the air in his arm. And then a voice comes out and says, stop! Right? Aren't you glad Abraham kept listening? Aren't you glad he didn't just live off of what had been told him before, but within the context of what had been said before, he kept listening. And so within our go, we need to keep listening. In fact, I would suggest sometimes our ideas about go, we relate to our overall calling. Like, what am I supposed to do with my life? Let me go and do that. Let me be about what I'm called to do with my life. I'm going to do that. That's my calling. And we can get focused on that type of go. And within that context, I would suggest to you that our go is only as powerful as our ability to stop. Let me say it this way. If you go and, and get a car that's got a, a really fast engine on it, I mean, this thing can get up and go. You love it. It's so fast. I got to take a little spin out in a 87 Camaro today. We didn't go fast in it, but I got to sit in it anyway. 68. I'm sorry. I said 87. 68 Camaro. <laughs> I don't know where I got 87 from. 68 Camaro. Uh, and so you look, think about these cars. Here's the thing, though. You don't want to be in a fast car that has bad brakes. It doesn't matter how fast the car can go if you can't stop it. Right? Your car is only as good as it can stop. (laughs) And so I would suggest to you that this go that Jesus has spoken into our lives, what we're supposed to do with our lives, is only as powerful as our ability to put on our brakes. It's only as powerful with our ability to keep on listening, to interact, to stop when God says for us to stop. It's in the process of being able to stop that our go has its greatest power because we don't want to go past the one we're supposed to stop for because we're so focused on some bigger vision, a greater calling, or ultimate life calling, and we miss the opportunity just to love the person in front of us. You guys, are, you guys are being really quiet tonight. If you guys are really quiet, I'm going to start saying the same thing over and over and over again. Come on. She knows what to do. Because I want to make sure you guys get this stuff. So we, I was uh, driving down the road one day. And I was, just drive, I was driving home. And while I was driving home, I was like, Jesus, I just love you, and I love how you think and what you're doing and the things that you're doing. And I was thinking about where Jesus said in John 5, I only do what I see the Father doing. And I said, Jesus, 
I'm a part of the body of Christ. You're the head of the church. I'm a part of your body. It would be really good for me to listen to my head. You know, if you have, a, if you have body parts that aren't listening to the head, you've got to get it checked out. And so it would be really great if the church listened to its head. <laughs> and so I was like, Jesus, just thinking about that, what are you doing? And I had this very clear word that came to my mind. And it was this phrase, I'm going to the incense store. And I knew exactly the place that was being talked about. This was an incense store in a town where they sold incense to burn to demon gods. Okay? And so I said, oh, can I go with you? <laughs> and he said, yeah, let's go. So I, I drove my car over to this place, never been inside of one of these stores before, never been in that. I knew which one it was, but I'd never been in there before. Didn't have any reason to go in there, right? And so I pull in, and I go start walking the store. I don't know what I'm doing. All I know is Jesus said he was going to the incense store, so I thought it would be fun to go with him. You guys okay? All right. So I go to the incense store, and when I walk in, there's only one person there. It's the employee that's working there. It's a lady. And uh, I, at that moment, I felt like, okay, I'm supposed to minister to this lady somehow, but I don't know how. They didn't teach me this in Bible college. I, or if they did, I, miss, I missed that day. And so I was there, and I, I didn't know what to do. And I was like, God, what do I do? What's going on? And, and then I felt like I was supposed to get her from behind the counter. And so I started looking for a reason to do that because I didn't, I didn't know how to interact with her. And so I finally found this shelf of videos. And they, they used to have these things called VHS cassette tapes. I don't if you guys remember these. They used to have these things. And I saw this one VHS, and it said VeggieTales. Now, I was not in the church resource center. I was in a new age incense store. There was stuff burning all around. All kind of stuff was going on in the room. Things were being sold there. And uh, so I was like, veggie tales. And so then I went and looked at it. And on the, on the VHS tape, it had one spot on it that said free sample. And next to it had a sticker that said $2. And so I thought, that's weird. I'll ask her about that. I was just trying to make up a reason to come and talk to the lady. And so... I said, I called her over and asked her why they were selling a free sample. And so she laughed and told me what was going on with it. And, and so I didn't really care. I just wanted to get her away from behind the counter. And, but I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing at that point. All I knew is Jesus said he was going to the incense store, and here's somebody there. Okay, that's all I knew. And so uh, I just started talking to her a little bit. And I asked her, I said, uh, I said, have you ever felt the presence of God before? And she said, yeah, one time when I was visiting a youth group. Now, that's amazing to me because I can't tell you honestly how many times I've felt the presence of God today. But I could see she could identify the one time in her life where she had felt the presence of God. Isn't that amazing? And so I said, wow, I just feel like God wants you to feel his presence today. Could I pray for you? And she said, yeah, sure. So then I, was, I, I, I did something that was just really stupid at that point. I do not recommend you do this. But 
Again, I missed the class in Bible college to teach you how to minister to someone in an incense store. And so I went into like church mode at that moment. And I said, all right, so here's what we're going to do. I want you to close your eyes and put your hands out in front of you. And I'm going to lightly touch you on the forehead. I'm going to pray for you. And God's going to touch you. Now, remember where I'm at. This is not at the altar of a church. This is an incense store, okay? And ladies, what if some random man walked up to you and said, hey, I have an idea. Why don't you put your hands out in front of you and close your eyes, and then I'm going to touch you. Uh, nope. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I don't know why, but she said yes. And she closed her eyes and put her hands. I think about it now, and I was like, this is so weird. But I was scared. I didn't know what to do. And so I just did what I was used to doing at a church service. And so anybody could have walked in. I don't know what's going to happen. And so she does that. I put my, I just lightly touch her forehead with my fingers, started inviting the Holy Spirit to come. And on the outside, I was really calm and cool. And I was like, God, I just ask you to touch her with your peace and your joy. And on the inside, I was saying, Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. If you don't show up, this is going to be horrible. Because here's the thing. I didn't feel anything. I didn't have like an angel show up and go, this is what I'm doing. I didn't have like, I didn't have goosebumps, fire, electricity. I, had not, I didn't even have peace. I had nothing. It was just blank. Just blank. Nothing was going on. And so I'm praying for this lady. And I have my eyes open. And I'm watching, trying to see, you know, if there's any physical manifestation or anything like that while I'm praying for her, and also watching the entrance of the door, see if somebody walks in the door. And so she starts cracking this smile, just a little bit of a smile. And I said, do you feel that? And she said, yeah. And I thought, good, because I don't feel anything. And the Lord just started touching her right there. Not anything where she was manifesting powerfully or something, if you're familiar with that. But just real sweet right there in the, in the incense store. And uh, I, I told her, I said, that's Jesus. That's, that's God. He's absolutely is crazy in love with you. I said, has anybody ever told you God's got a plan for your life? And that you're not an accident, but he's got purpose for you. And she said, no. I said, you know, Jesus died for you because he didn't want to live without you. He's got a purpose for you. And it starts, it begins by asking him to be in charge of your life. You start that journey by giving him your life. And I said, this God who's touching you, feel the presence of God now. Would you want to give your life to the one who's touching you, who has a purpose for you? And she said, I would really like that. And so there in the incense store with incense burning around the room, worshiping demons, hell was robbed. In your face, devil. <laughs> And the only reason it happened was because I asked God, what are you doing? 
The only reason it happened was because I was making room for the voice of God. You see, the voice of God opens up potential. We can make some things about evangelism to be, uh, this is what we do on Thursday nights. It's time to go out and, you know, do some street ministry or something like that. And there's, there's something to be said about just going and doing something. And again, we already have what he already said. He already said go, so we have that permission. But we're talking about responding to the voice of God. It's recognizing that evangelism is about relationship. Not just for the person that you're talking to, but for us as well. That the Holy Spirit actually wants to reach people with us. It's called co-laboring with Christ. He didn't say, all right, now you go, and when you get to heaven, I'll tell you how you did. He said, go, and by the way, I'm going to be with you. Right? Go into all the world, make disciples, and lo, I will be with you. And So he wants to do something with us. He wants, as we're living our daily lives, as we're pursuing after the heart of God, as we're doing things, it, it, what becomes vital for us is to remember this whole thing is about relationship. And so we want to keep our ears open to be listening to God and what He's wanting to do so that the potentials open up. Now, This implies that we know how to hear from God. What I want to do tonight is I want to kind of bring us onto the same page and make tonight a little bit of a kind of an activation. I know some of you weren't signing up for an activation. You were signing up to go to a conference and be fired up about something. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to be fired, whatever responding to the voice means. But I'm going to go. Because I love Jesus. So, but we're going to make tonight ju- not just where you hear from somebody else, but where you're activated. Because our environment is supposed to be a place where we're equipped to do the work of ministry. Not where we watch somebody else do it. And so we're going to try, we're going to do some things tonight to, to activate you on that. And dream interpretation, you get into that, you're going to be activated into interpreting dreams and that kind of stuff. And so pay attention because before the night's over, you're going to prophesy to somebody. <laughs> and uh, prophecy begins with hearing the voice of God because prophecy is really hearing God tell you something for somebody else. Sometimes we make prophecy about the end of the world or some, something predictive in someone else's life. But really prophecy is just hearing the voice of God and telling somebody else what he said, right? And so I want to bring us kind of on the same page as that because if we're going to respond to the voice of God, we need to hear the voice of God. And then when we recognize that we're hearing the voice of God, we can do something about it. You guys okay? Oh, man. I'm excited about this. Now, I've been up since about, I don't know, I got up today about 2.50 a.m. And so, I'm excited. I've been up for a long time. I've had three cups of coffee, bless my heart. (laughs) So let me cover a little bit on 
the voice of God itself, and then cover some on prophecy. Uh, but really, this invitation is for us to recognize what we've already been told and then to keep on listening. That in our lives, we're always listening. We're talking with the Holy Spirit. We're listening to the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so the, some things to keep in mind in recognizing the voice of God is where the voice of God comes from. Many times you'll hear the voice of God inside your own head. And the reason for that is the Bible says God's taken his spirit and joined spirit to spirit with your spirit so God lives inside of you. So we're, sometimes we have the idea of hearing the voice of God as something on the outside of us. The problem with that is he's moved in. He's not going to go back out on the outside of you and yell at you from the outside. He's inside of you, so of course his voice is going to be on the inside. He's inside the house, okay? Uh, and so you're going to have thoughts that aren't your own. That's why the Bible even tells us, take captive your thoughts. Because not everything that goes through your head is yours. And so as we make room to listen to God, and the more we do that, then the more we'll recognize when it's God or not. Okay, it's by using it, it's by trying it out, by experimenting with things. And so I, I know people are prophets, that they will grow in hearing the voice of God by doing journaling, where they'll ask God, what is the weather going to be for the next three months? Or they're traveling, and they'll say, God, show me what's the next suitcase that's going to come down the conveyor belt. Or if they're watching TV, they'll say, God, what's the next commercial I'm going to see? You see, it's good to, to regularly listen to the voice of God in areas that don't matter, so that when you do come to an area that does matter, you're already familiar with his voice. There's many Christians that wait to hear from God when it's an emergency. And then they wonder why they don't hear. So it's good to hear from God when it's not life-shattering. <laughs> if you got it wrong, it doesn't destroy somebody's life. <laughs> hear from him on mundane things all the time because he wants to talk to you and reveal himself to you. And so the voice of God comes spirit to spirit and then our soul interprets it, your soul being your mind, will, and emotions, that you may experience the voice of God in your mind and in your will and your emotions, even in your body itself, you can experience the voice of God. And so listen to this, Daniel chapter 7 and verse 1, Daniel gives us a little bit of insight. He said, in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream. Everybody say dream. We're going to be covering that tomorrow. I don't know if you caught that or not. And visions in his mind. Everybody say mind. This is Daniel chapter 7, verse 1. He had visions in his mind as he lay on his bed, and he wrote out the dream and related the following summary of it. So right here in the book of Daniel, he's given us a little bit of insight that it is biblically sound to recognize the voice of God comes through this faculty of your mind. Okay, so let me just put a little addendum on here. Uh, the, there are scientists that say they can hook up electrodes to your brain, and when you're having a spiritual experience, they can find it happening in your brain. Isn't that interesting? Now, some of them, if they're not followers of Jesus... That, that particular type of scientist would say, what that means is this is all in your head. That is not real. There's a problem with that thought. 
is it's not consistent with life experience. For example, if you have somebody that has uh, a disorder and disconnect from their nerves and they can't process physical pain, and you take that person and they hit their finger on a hammer, what they had experience on their hand when they hit their finger on a hammer is a real experience, but their brain can't process it. So it's something that really happened, but their brain doesn't process it. In the same way, when somebody hits their finger and their brain does process it, just because you can find where it's processed in the brain doesn't mean that what happened to their finger was imaginary. Follow what I'm saying? Just because you can find where your brain processes a reality that happened doesn't mean that it's fake. What you've done is you've discovered that there's a platform for interaction. And so when they can find electric interaction in your brain for a spiritual experience, it doesn't mean that it's a fake experience. You're just finding the platform for interaction in your physical body. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so God speaks to us. And he said, I had these visions in my mind. It comes from mind, mind, will, and emotions. And many times they come in a form of visions or pictures that are where? In your mind. Not all of them, but I'm telling you, this is what the Bible shows. All right? So we have somebody else. We, well, let me get to, I'm going to show you Jeremiah in just a minute. But I want to emphasize with you that sometimes hearing the voice of God means he starts out with a picture that he wants to give or some insight that he wants to give and that starts opening up the rest of what he wants to show. Well in Jeremiah chapter 1 and uh, verse 11 and 12 the Bible says the word of the Lord came to me saying what do you see? Everybody say see. All right so he's seeing some so either he's walking it doesn't give the context so either he is walking around and he sees something with his physical eye or this is a, a vision that has happened happening there. You see something. Uh, and he says, what do you see, Jeremiah? He said, I see a rod of an almond tree. And so we have this visionary thing happen. The Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. So here's your other thing. I'm going to close this part of hearing the voice of God. I'm just trying to give you a snapshot of this. Uh, that the voice of God needs to be understood within the context of how God communicates. God's first language is not English. In fact, God doesn't always talk plain English, for that matter. Right here, if you read this, we can miss what's happening, because he says, I see an almond branch. I see the, the rod of an almond branch. And he says, that's right. You saw exactly right, because I am going to watch over my word. Okay, what in the world does an almond branch have to do with watching over my word? doesn't even make sense if you think about it. But that's because we're missing a piece here that doesn't translate into English. The word for almond and the phrase watch over in Hebrew sound the same. God was doing a play on words. In other words, 
Sometimes when God speaks to us, he speaks through visions, and he speaks through mysteries, and he speaks through things that are, are playing off of other things. So maybe you see the same thing over and over again. You see the same numbers over and over again. You see the same colors over and over again. You see the same bumper sticker over and over again. Maybe God's trying to show you something. He speaks through more than just what's obvious. And it's an adventure, it's an invitation. Why am I seeing that over and over? Why, why, is this high, why am I drawn to that and it's like highlighted to me? Why do when I look at somebody, they look like somebody else, and then I look back and go, wait a minute, they don't look anything like that person. Some of those things are God talking to us. Okay? God speaks in those mysteries. And he speaks within that interaction of the Spirit being in, in your spirit. All right? And so those are a little bit of things of, of learning the voice of God for yourself, recognizing where it's going to be at, and it could be in pictures. Now, then we take that over to releasing this prophetic lifestyle, living from a voice-activated life, where the voice of God is invited into your life, where you're hearing from God, you're following Him, and you're telling other people what He wants them to hear. Uh, we take that over into that context. Let me give you a little bit of parameters and then I want to do some demonstrations and then I want, I'm going to uh, activate you guys to prophesy over each other because every person here would be good for you to hear a word from God tonight. And it's not all coming from me. Hallelujah. Otherwise I'd be here really late and I've already been up for a while. So we're going to get some help. You guys are going to help me out. And so let me give you a little bit of context. Go over to John chapter 1. Responding to the voice of God. This right here is some interaction that Jesus had. That's a great demonstration of what prophecy is about and how to operate in it. And so I, the, the story I told was about following the voice of God where he was saying, this is what I'm going to do. You want to have that as a voice-activated life, and you also want to be one who is listening for God to tell you something else. Because uh, our assignment in the area of robbing hell, in the area of evangelism, is one that needs to have the supernatural in it. Because here's what God did. God has invited us to introduce people to our invisible friend. And so it's impossible, and you wonder why you sound crazy. I have an invisible friend. Would you like to meet him? He's got a plan for your life. Yep, he's right here. Okay. Right? And so it sounds crazy. It's not just something you can logically move somebody into. Because it's supposed to be a relationship. Let me introduce you to someone you can't see. The Bible says God's invisible right now. And we all know that by experience as well. But the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And the Bible says that we can't see God as God is right now. We will one day. John chapter, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2 says we don't know what we will be, but we know we'll be like him because we will be able to see God as God is. 1 Corinthians 13, the end of that, says right now we know in part and we see in part. 
But one day we will know and see. One day we'll be able to know as we're known and we'll be able to see and it won't be something in part. There's a transition that's coming. God is temporarily invisible. One day we're going to be recreated and remade in a way where we can see God as God is. That's the destiny. That's where we're going because this is about relationship. Okay? But until then, right now, our assignment is to know where we're going and then introduce people to our temporarily invisible God. So here's what God did. God recognizes how this works, and so he created natural law. And then he empowers you to break it. You're all lawbreakers. That's why we need the power of God. The power of God comes in and breaks natural law. And as natural law is broken, the reality of the kingdom of heaven is revealed. That's why when Jesus sent people out as his witnesses, he always sent them with either power or a story of the power of God in their life. And that's why he said in Luke chapter 24 and 49, he said, wait for the promise so you can be clothed with power. That's why he said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, you will receive power. Why? You will be my witnesses. You need the power of God because people encounter that, and that's how you introduce them to your invisible friend. God is real. I can prove it to you. Watch this. <laughs> you got a pain in your body? Jesus is going to heal it. He's real. Same thing happens with the voice of God, the releasing the the prophetic word of God. The Bible says somebody prophesies and the secrets of people's hearts are revealed and their response to that is God is in this place. Voice activated evangelism. Sometimes I prophesy to people and I tell them things like this. I know stuff about people. And I said, I think I know some things about you. Do you want to hear what they are? That's a fun way to prophesy. So when it comes to how to prophesy, some things to keep in mind. John chapter 1, Jesus had this interaction with a guy named Nathaniel. So verse 43 starts this story out where Philip went and got Nathaniel. Verse 45, Nathaniel said to him, verse 46, can anything good come out of Nazareth? I'm skimming over this. You can read back through it. Just take a time. And Philip said, come and see. Okay? And so Nathanael came, and then Jesus said to him in verse 47, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Verse 48, Nathanael said, how do you know me? Secrets of his heart were revealed. Right there. It hit him in his heart. How do you know that's me? How do you know me? And Jesus answered and said, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Mm. Vision. Okay, you see him. Jesus saw this. All right. And then Nathaniel responded, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. He had an encounter right there in that moment. And then Jesus prophesied over him again, and he said, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? 
you will see greater things than these. Verse 51 tells him he's going to see heavens open and angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. All right, so here in this package is really, really good information I'm going to give you quick right now about prophecy. First of all, you see Jesus had vision. I would suggest to you most likely it was in his mind that he saw this. But he saw Nathaniel, whether it was outside of his body or in his mind, he saw Nathaniel under a fig tree. And he saw this interaction that happened where Nathaniel basically criticized Jesus' background. Right? He said, what good thing can come from that place? So he saw that happen. So Nathaniel comes walking up. And then Jesus does not say, here comes Nathaniel who has a critical spirit. I saw you under the fig tree. He could have said that because that's what he saw. So here's the first lesson when it comes to prophecy. Just because you see something or know something doesn't mean you're supposed to say it. Jesus didn't say the first thing he saw. Okay? He could have. But here's the point. is What we're seeking after is what I call the walk-away message. What is somebody supposed to be walking away thinking about? And sometimes our prophecy models are things where they're walking away thinking about something completely different than what God wants them to walk away with. And so we, we, we sometimes focus on things like God showed me there's darkness all around your life and it's crushing you. Things are getting worse and worse and worse, but he wants you to know that he sees you. God bless you. You know, that's the way we sometimes prophesy. We'll spend, you know, two-thirds of it focusing on something that they're not supposed to be thinking about when they walk away. You understand what I'm saying? And so what Jesus did is he dug for the gold in this. Who was Nathaniel really? Who was he created to be? And he spoke into that. Here is a true Israelite. He didn't say here's a critical Israelite. He said here's a true Israelite. You know, the Bible says that Jesus died for us when we were enemies of God. But just because somebody is functioning as an enemy doesn't mean they were made to be one. If we treat people as enemies, then we put them on the defensive. But when we recognize just because they're functioning as an enemy doesn't mean they're made to be one, we can treat them as family. And we can call them into an interaction with God instead of putting them on a defensive. Jesus could have attacked him and been right about it. But instead, he released honor over him and called him into who he was created to be. Okay? So just because you see something that's negative doesn't mean that's what you're supposed to say. That's what Jesus did. Another thing Jesus did is he spoke to the character of Nathaniel. And my point of bringing this up is speaking, there, there are two different kinds of prophecy. There is foretelling, which is predictive, and forthtelling. Forthtelling would be something that's current or past or something about somebody's character. Knowing somebody's calling, gifting on their life, where they came from, piece of information you wouldn't know in the natural that isn't about the future, but it's about now or the past. So Jesus said some information about his character. Here's a true Israelite. And he also told him, I saw you under the fig tree, right? Those, he gave three prophetic insights. One of them 
was his character, another was something that happened in the past, and the third one was about you will see angels ascending and descending. And then he did a predictive prophecy. So two-thirds of the prophetic words Jesus gave to Nathaniel were forthtelling and not foretelling. And they were just as legitimate. So looking at somebody and saying, God, show me how you see that person. That's one of the ways my wife prophesies. I love that. God, show me how you see that person and say, you know what? When I look at you, this is what I see God showing me about you. You're the kind of person that da 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 da, da and begin to speak into it. That is just as much of a prophetic word as three months from now you're going to be walking down the road and you'll want to turn to the left because if you don't, an apple is going to fall on your face. Okay? That's just as much of a prophetic word. And I would suggest to you, as Jesus in this particular scenario modeled two-thirds of his prophetic words were character and past, there were forthtelling, that perhaps two-thirds of our prophetic words should be the same. Just a thought. Don't make it a rule or a law, but just a thought. Okay? And so asking God, show me the way that you see this person and speak into that. Even if they're not living that way yet, you can call them into that because you can speak into who they're created to be. Okay? You guys okay? I hope so. I'm liking it. So the area of being voice activated, bringing the voice of God into our lives begins with hearing the voice of God, recognizing it, and then being able to translate it to someone else. So we saw Jesus do this where he, he saw Nathaniel and then he translated it what would be meaningful for Nathaniel's life. He didn't say the first thing he saw, and he, he, he spoke into the character of Nathaniel. You know, God might talk to you in a way that you're familiar with. If you're really familiar with King James Version, he might talk to you in King James. But that doesn't mean that's what you're supposed to say. We need to translate heaven. It's part of wisdom. Allowing God to speak to us in a way that's meaningful to us. And then it's like you're a missionary. Missionaries recognize that when they go into another culture, part of their assignment is to interact with the people they're going to in a way that's meaningful to them, to that group of people, right? And so you're a missionary sent from heaven. Jesus said, as I was sent, I'm sending you. We're seated in heavenly places in Christ. Your home is his kingdom. You're a missionary from a different culture, from heaven. So to be meaningful to the people around us means that we take what God reveals to us within his kingdom and make it meaningful, make it make sense, and put it in terminology and interaction that makes as much sense as possible to the person we're talking to. Jesus did this when he came to earth. John chapter 1 says that the word became flesh and dwelt among them. And he spoke in terminology that they could connect with. It still took the Holy Spirit to reveal it, but he didn't speak angelic language and give angelic and kingdom uh, comparisons to stuff that happened in the invisible realm that they weren't familiar with. He's like, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. He, he spoke to them with things that they could look at, they could see and interacted with. And so when it comes to translating what God is showing you, some of it comes to 
making it meaningful. So some of you, instead of saying something like, you're like Philip in the Bible, you need to say something like, God is showing me that you're like Iron Man. need to make it something that makes sense to who you're talking to, okay? Or if you're going to use a Bible character, Bible reference, explain it so they get it, okay? You guys okay? All right, so what we need to learn then in the area of prophecy is how to prophesy at any time and anywhere. All right. Is there anyone here named Edward? Edward. Okay, come and join me, Edward. Uh, is there anyone here named Gene or some variation of Gene? Jeanette. Jerry. You guys are pointing at somebody, but I don't know you're pointing. Judy? Judy. Hi, Judy. Will you come and join me, please? All right. So here's the... Here's the truth. You can prophesy anytime and anywhere, even if you didn't have anything to say to them beforehand. I do not have any prophetic words for these two. Bless you. But I will because I know Jesus loves them. If he is willing to die for them, of course he wants to talk to them. Okay? And so... Some of this is you asking God for something. If you want to be voice activated, some of it is, the, like where I went to the incense store, I was telling you that story. The reason that opened up for me is because I asked God, Jesus, what, what are you doing? Okay, some of us are waiting for God to tell us something to do and make us something to do, but the Bible says you have not because you ask not. Maybe we're not having more of the voice of God and the power of God flowing through our lives because we're waiting for God to do something. He's waiting for us to ask. Just a thought. Okay? And so when you're out shopping, when you're out living your life, when you're out going, taking time to say, God, do you have something you want to say to someone around me? I'm willing. I'll do whatever you want. It's a great way to talk to God. Finally, I have somebody that wants to listen to me. (laughs) It's so great. (laughs) You ever been like in a car and you're like in the back seat and the two people in the front are just talking and talking and talking? Like, man, I'd like to talk too. Sometimes I feel like Holy Spirit's like that. We're talking to ourselves. And Holy Spirit's like, hey, I'm in here too. I want to talk. I got some thoughts. So anyway, we're inviting the Holy Spirit to come up and talk. And so as you're out in your lives, you're asking the Holy Spirit, is there something you want to say? And then you're looking for how to enter into that prophetic word because, you know, you don't have the worship team that's followed you around. You're just picking up a gallon of milk. And you're not, like, just flowing and, and having angelic encounters. You're just walking to the grocery store. Uh, but here's some clues for you. 
knowing how to get in the Spirit, how to connect with God, is a really important way of entering into a prophetic word for somebody. Okay? And so, for example, I told you my wife likes to ask God, show me how you see that person. You can ask God that kind of question. Or uh, you can, what I, this is what we call priming the pump. You have these old pumps where you move them up and down, and after there's enough pressure built on them, then the water starts coming out, right? Well, many times Christians are good at prophesying in a certain environment where you're praying for somebody and you accidentally prophesy. And the person you're praying for is like, wow, that's really what I needed to hear. And you're like, whoa, awesome. Or you're, you're down at the altar and the worship's been going on. You're like, man, I'm in a flow, whatever the case may be. And so what I'm trying to tell you is there's a way you can pump, prime that pump and get into the flow of the Spirit. And one of those is just asking God questions. So asking God, God, can you show me something for this person? Remember we talked about the almond, the almond branch? God, can you show me, give me a, a cartoon character that relates to this person? Okay? And the cartoon character is not the prophetic word. Just like almond branch was not the prophetic word. What that is doing is placing you in a position to receive the prophetic word. And so if God shows you a character, a movie figure, or reminds you of a phrase or something, then you're asking God, what about that character means something for this individual? You can also look at if your eyes are drawn to something. Like I said, if somebody looks like somebody else or your eyes are drawn something into the room or what somebody is wearing, sometimes your eyes are not drawn to something that somebody is wearing because you appreciate it. Sometimes you're drawn to it because the Holy Spirit's trying to talk to you. And that's like that almond branch. What do you see? Okay? So I see a green shirt. It's a nice green shirt. And what's interesting is I, green can really be a lot of, I, I'm looking around, I'm seeing green everywhere now, so I'm getting distracted. I see a green basket over there and green that's, that's up here. Uh, what, I, what I feel like God is showing me is that he's spreading you out like sod. <laughs> But I, uh, I feel like he is taking your life and it's almost like he's stretching you and he's, he's bringing you into areas of your life uh, that would be stretching, that would be new for you and that he is inviting you into a time uh, of experimenting and trying some things. And I saw also that you, he's inviting you even into other nations and he's causing you to step your foot into other places and that what God is, is going to cause what you put your hand to uh, to do well. And there's some things that you've been like sowing into, some things you've been pouring into and in this next season this next time in your life, you're going to have those things start really producing and seeing some of that like a harvest come back into your life in a significant way. Now my question for you is, does any of that make sense? Yeah? Okay, so what I'm wanting to model for you here is uh, I 
asked God to show me something for him. My eye was drawn to a green shirt. While I'm talking to him, I'm, my eyes, I'm distracted. I'm seeing green over there, green over here, green over here. And I'm like, okay, God, this is more than just his green shirt. I'm seeing green all of a sudden. What, what is green about? And so I'm having an inner dialogue with the Holy Spirit while I'm talking with my friend. Okay? And so while that's happening, what I feel God is reminding me about is grass. The green grass being stretched out. And as I start speaking into that, then God begins showing me more. Many times you find in prophecy that as you start to say one thing, God will show you something else. And it's kind of like taking a diamond and turning it in different directions. And you're asking God questions to show you things from different directions. And he gives you more and more stuff. And so I started out with that. We ended up going around the world. We ended up going into some new things. We ended up going into things that he was sowing into and coming out. So we went on this journey, but it all started with green. <coughs> you guys understand what I'm saying? Okay. So I didn't have anything until that moment. I'm letting you in on the inner workings of prophecy because you guys are invited to prophesy. All right. So you can prophesy in that way if you're drawn to something. And you can also prophesy um, by somebody, the first letter of somebody's name. Uh, a lot of people wear name tags. And so many times I'll ask God to show me something related to a letter in somebody's name. And that word may not be what the prophetic word is, but... It could lead into the prophetic word. Remember, the word was an almond branch, but it led into the prophetic word, okay? And so when it comes to something like that, you can ask God to give you a picture, movie character, cartoon character, something related to their name, any, any number of ways. Experiment. Try stuff that helps you, okay? Try things and find out what works in your relationship with God and the way that you're wired, if you're like a real, you know, you're right-brained, you see vivid things in your mind, pictures are a great way to start connecting. God, show me a picture for this person, a great way. If you're really left-brained, then maybe working on uh, with someone's name. Show me something, an understanding based off of their name. Those kind of, just experiment with the Holy Spirit in different ways. And so here's what you could do. You could say, listen, this is going to sound really weird. Everybody say weird. Let's be honest, the supernatural is weird. Okay, now what I'm trying to do is teach you how not to add your own weirdness on top of it. The supernatural is weird all by itself. It doesn't need our help. And so let's just use normal language, normal tone. We're not going to go into King James. We're going to translate what God's telling us to be meaningful to that person. Okay, and so we're going to say, look, this might sound really weird, but, you know, I took this one class, and it was about how to give an encouraging word from God. Could I practice on you? So then you've taken the pressure off of yourself to be right because you're not saying, Thus saith the Lord thy God. And that person's like, uh, nope. That didn't mean anything to me. Okay, So you're taking the pressure off of you. You're just saying, look, I'm trying to grow in this. Could I try it out on you? Okay, And so they're like, oh, okay. And then at that moment, you're like, okay, God, show me something. All right, so your name is Judy. Excellent. Thanks so much for coming up. Sorry to make you stand here for so long, but I'm going to ask for something related to Judy's first name. It begins with a J, right? Judy begins with a J, good. Then uh, what I, and, and here's some of the interaction I have with some people is 
this is what I feel like God is showing me. So they have the privilege of disagreeing. Okay? And so, Judy, what I feel like God is showing me, <laughs> this is really funny, actually. Um, have you ever heard of the book or the, the movie, The Traveling Pants? Okay, so this is, what's the name of the movie? It's the Sisterhood of Traveling Pants. And so it's these pants that were magical that would, uh, had these three people that could put on the pants and they were all different sizes, but it fit all of them. It would change sizes according to who it was going on. And they had this great relationship. But I felt like, <laughs> this is really funny. Uh, two things. One is um, that God's got a real desire and he's, and he's heard your heart related to friendship. And that he's saying he's heard your heart about that and that he's going to surround you with like best friends. There's like a new season of best friends coming in your life. Praise God. <laughs> and raising up like that real sense of, of relationship with people and that people are going adventures together. Uh, and then, uh, and related to adventure, I just feel like there's something supernatural coming over your life of having interaction with people that are from all different backgrounds and have different giftings and looks to their life. But together, there's going to be some type of synergy that happens uh, and uh, something that like a group of people put together or work on or some kind of project. And I just saw like uh, you and them doing some things together that, that stretched who they were, but it still fit. And that uh, you have an ability to cause people to be comfortable in positions that they wouldn't be able to. So like if I invited somebody to do something, like, no way, you're creepy. But if you invited them, they'd be like, okay. And uh, that there's a real, uh, a real invitation over your life that, that helps people feel comfortable uh, in different settings. And I saw you like in different settings and different locations um, with people that wouldn't always necessarily go to church, but they would be okay with you being with them. And I felt like God was saying like there's a, a sisterhood that's rising up in this day in that uh, he's got uh, some giftings on your life. And for as you lean into him, there's like this sisterhood where he's raising up uh, like women to do incredible things. And he wants you to be a part of that, even in this region of loving on this region in different ways. Does any of that make sense to you? Yeah? Okay. Do you guys know them? Some of you know them? Okay. Well, I just want to pray for you and bless these two. Thanks for coming up. God, I bless these two incredible people. I thank you for your hand that's on their life, for how much courage they have and stamina to come and stand up here for so long. Bless them, God. Let your voice be heard clearly in them. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you guys give them a hand, please? All right, so on that prophetic word with Judy, I was drawn back to the word gene. I was like, is there anybody here named Gene? And, uh, well, I've already gone with Judy. But the, I was asking earlier, was like anybody named Gene here? I was remembering that. So, okay, what about Gene? And then this weird random movie came to mind. And I uh, started going for that. And so uh, this is ways that you guys can hear from God, bringing his voice into people's lives that are around you. 
So we're going to take a break. I'm going to ask Pastor Steve to come up, take a little bit of an intermission, and then you guys are going to take, I'm going to give you a couple of uh, activations, and you're going to prophesy to each other tonight before you go home. Because you're made to hear the voice of God and bring it over to other people. Pastor Steve. Hello, hello. There we go. All right. Well, first of all, thanks, Ed and Judy. You know, it's a little scary sometimes to be that vulnerable and have people speaking over you and everything. Of course, I trust Ben, so I knew it was going to turn out good. But uh, one of the things I just feel like God wanted me to, to tell you, like, there's no fear. Because it's a little intimidating, right? The voice of God and prof you know, like the word prophecy, you know, or to prophesy over someone, that's, you know. That can be kind of scary in the, in, in the sense that if it's the unknown. I just feel like God wants me to tell you, you, you don't have to be afraid. Like there's, even though it's unknown maybe for you, or maybe this is a new thing, it's as, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. First year when I was in Bible college, we were doing some prophetic activations, and we were doing like what, what Ben was talking about, where um, you just tell people that I'm in a class where I'm learning to hear from God what he wants to say to people, and um, I kind of feel like he's given me something to say to you. Is it okay if I share you, with you? And I was really hesitant to do that, but I had this guy, he was painting in my house, he's my painter, and and I really felt like God had told me something for him. And so I shared it with him. And, I mean, he started crying. He says, that's just what I wanted to know. And all it was was that God was pleased with him because he cared more about people than money. But it just, you know, so. That's great. Yeah. So however this is going to go, Ben, I don't know what, how we're going to do this. But I just felt like God wanted to just, in a sense, I just felt like God was saying just, it's okay. It's going to be good. You don't have to be anything to be afraid of. Because he not only wants, has your best interest, but he has the other person's best interest too. And he wants to use it to do these awesome things. All right? And uh, so what we want to do is we want to bless the Williams every time. Uh, well, all the time, but we want to bless them this weekend in particular. In the middle of your table, there's a, a little bag with some handles on it. That's our offering bag, we call it. And we just want to take a second and, and take a quick offering for this weekend and just to bless the Williams. And uh, Pennsylvania is a long ways away, and, and uh, this is part of the ministry God is calling them to. So we just want to bless them. And again, this doesn't go to Epicenter Church, although if you're filling out a check, fill it out to Epicenter Church, and then just in the bottom put Williams or respond to the voice or something to let us know that that's where it's going to. Also, uh, we do have five ways of giving here at uh, Epicenter Church. In the very back is my wife, Jody. Wave your hand. And right next to her is the kiosk. <laughs> it's a giving kiosk right there by the resource spot. And you can do your online, you can do your card and all that kind of stuff. Um, you can also go to our website and um, you can give later if you want this evening or just do it on online through our website as well. All right? Good. So Lord, we just bless this offering right now. We bless the giving. And we bless the messenger, God, and the message that you have given him. And we receive the messenger and we receive the message. And we say yes to all that you're doing. And uh, we just ask that this offering that we take tonight 
would go and do accomplish great things for your kingdom. We ask for that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. All right, so Ben, you ready? Come on back and, and uh, we'll do this and then we'll, we'll wrap it up tonight. All right, so in our prophetic environment, we've put away the stones. No one gets stoned for being wrong. No one gets stoned for being wrong. Some people are afraid of prophecy because they think if I get it wrong, then I'm supposed to get stoned to death. And so uh, we don't advocate stoning people. So you, when you prophesy, you can tell somebody, this is what I feel like God is showing me. Again, we don't say God said because then that gives them room to disagree. And then I like to end by asking them, does this make sense to you? Does this mean something to you? So you get feedback so that you know if something does or doesn't. Uh, and that's important for us as we grow. Don't, if you're out in public, you prophesy to someone, don't run off. So you go up to somebody and go, you know, I feel like God showed me something for you. Can I tell you? Sure. Blah, 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 blah. Thanks. <laughs> well, did you get, it, did you get it right? What happened? I don't know. I ran off. I've, had, I've seen that happen so many times. Don't run off. Stop and ask them, does that mean anything to you? Does that make sense, make sense to you? And uh, I was uh, at a, a restaurant with a friend one time. Had a, uh, this particular restaurant had different amusement things in it, too. So I had, like, bowling alley and pool tables and other stuff. And so we got done eating, and we are going to go over to pool tables. Well, our waitress we had was really, really bad. And not only was she really bad, she was really mad. Not only was she really mad, she was dressed really mad. So she had like this whole gothic thing going on where her hair was dyed black. She's wearing really thick makeup, wearing all black, everything. And she was mad. And she did a horrible job waitressing. And so I just thought, this lady must have had a really bad day or something's going on because she was just not taking care of us at all. And so I asked God to give me a prophetic word for her. And so we went over or pool, we're shooting some pool, and then my friend ran off to go to the restroom real quick, and she was walking by, and I said, hey, listen, come here. This is going to sound really weird, but I know stuff about people, and I think I know something about you. Can I tell you? And she's really grumpy, and she's like, sure, whatever. And uh, so I started prophesying over her. All of a sudden, she starts crying. Tears start coming down out of her eyes and digging Grand Canyons through her super thick makeup down her face. Like, there is a face under there. Like, it was really thick makeup. And she said, how do you know that? Are you a psychic? And I said, no, I'm better. I said, I know Jesus, and he's absolutely crazy in love with you. And she began to tell me about how, what the prophetic word meant in her life. And because she asked questions, I interacted more with her. See, my job is not to make somebody say a sinner's prayer. My job is not to back somebody in a corner and say, pray with me right now. My job is to love the person in front of me to be a witness for Jesus, to reveal the reality of God's existence. And then I interact with a person based off of what, how they interact. 
In Acts chapter 3, the Bible says that Peter and John declared healing over a guy that was born lame. And then if you read it, go back and check it out. They walked off. Think about what you would do. You pray for somebody who never walked in their life. What would you do in that moment? I don't know about you, but I'd be like, hey, you need to get saved. That was Jesus. But they like prayed for the guy. He got up, started jumping up and down, and they're like, we're, off to, we're going to a prayer meeting. We don't want to be late. And they kept walking. They took off and going off to a prayer meeting. That's what your Bible says. It's crazy. But they didn't, they didn't go to some of our evangelism classes. So no one told them. And so they, the, the person followed them and then made a big ruckus about it. And they ended up, Peter said, listen, it's not my righteousness or my own power. It's the name of Jesus that healed this guy. And then all these people were like, well, we need to get saved. So they, it was because they were interacting with them that they interact more with them and end up leading them to Jesus. If he would have not followed them and would not have done anything, they would have just kept going on in their day. Why? Because it wasn't their job to make somebody get saved. Their job to love the person in front of them with the supply of heaven. Okay? So they had the supply of heaven. That's why they said, what I have, I give to you. Okay. So in this lady, I was interacting with her because she was interacting with me. And I said, do you know? And so I so just because she was asking, how do you know this? I said, this is Jesus. He knows you and he loves you and he's crazy about you. And I said, has anybody ever told you he's got a plan for your life? I didn't say, has anybody ever told you you deserve to go to hell? <laughs> Why didn't I say that? Because Jesus didn't talk that way. Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. If anyone wants to follow after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. The invitation is to follow him, that he's got a plan for their life. If anybody wants to be saved, the Bible says, confess Jesus as Lord. Believe that God raised him from the dead, and then you will be saved. Romans 10.9, the Bible does not say, ask Jesus to be your Savior. Just as a side thought for you to think about. Because our society presents Jesus as Savior. And then once you ask Jesus to save you from hell, then you should serve him as your Lord in gratitude. That's how Jesus is presented in America. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says submit to his Lordship and you'll become your Savior. Confess Jesus as your Lord and you will be saved. Just telling you what the Bible says. It's not my fault. Okay, so... In this interaction, I told her, the way that I word it is, he's got a plan for your life, and it begins by you giving your life to him and asking him to be in charge of your life. That's how you start out on the journey of fulfilling your purpose. And I said, would you want to give your life to Jesus? And she said, I would. So right there, she had confirmed she had a really bad week. Horrible stuff was going on. That's why she was being a jerk. Okay? God didn't tell me to prophesy over her. I did it because I had compassion on her. I thought, she must be having a bad week. God, please give me something to encourage her. Please show me something. That's your invitation. Invite the voice of God in your life. 
And right there next to the pool table in one of the worst weeks of her life, hell was robbed. She gave her life to Jesus. That's your invitation. And this is our workshop. This is where we activate it. All right, so I want to ask you to stand up. And I want you to look for somebody that seems nice. Put on your best smile. It could be somebody at your table or it could be somebody at another table. All right. One person preferably. So we have three on the back table. We have three at this front table. Well, you guys find everybody's got one person. It's totally fine to pair up with somebody that you don't know. All right, so we're going to do a brief activation. Who doesn't have a partner? Raise your hand. Over here. There's someone over here that doesn't have a partner. Micah, there's somebody over here that doesn't have a partner. Or over here at this table. All right. Don't start prophesying yet. I know some of you are ready to go. Here's your... Your instructions. Your instructions, first of all, is to remember you're coming to bring good news that should translate to your face. Sometimes we get so focused and we're afraid and we're trying to hear from God that we look mad or constipated, one of the two. So if you're going to prophesy over somebody with a smile on your face, look like you're coming to bring something nice to them. And then, don't prophesy yet. Hold on. You guys ready to go? (laughs) He's gone. He doesn't hear me. He's done. He's going. All right. So, what we're going to do is, uh, you guys are going to do, we're going to do one activation for tonight. And that's going to be asking God to show you a cartoon character for someone. Okay, and so let's say God shows you Mickey Mouse. The prophetic word is not Mickey Mouse. He's saying, God, what about Mickey Mouse means something for this person? Mickey Mouse, maybe God would highlight to you that uh, Mickey Mouse was a leader of a diverse group of people, as an example. Okay, so it's always relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's not a law. For, for example, I was drawn to color green. I could have said green stands for fertility. Okay, went into that, but I didn't feel that's where God wanted me to go. Okay, it's all—it's not a law saying you see this, then that's what it ought to, means every time. It's really a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so what you're doing is you're asking God to highlight, and you're trusting what comes to your mind is Him, because He wants to talk to that person more than you do. All right, and so it's a, it's a step of faith. You step out and, and share with that. All right, so. I'm going to pray for you, and the best-looking person can go first. Just kidding. Just kidding. All right. Well, since our brother got us started over here, we'll let the tallest person go first so they're not mixed up And what's going on. And um, uh, you're going to look at him in the eye, and you're going to say, my name is so-and-so, whatever your name is, 
And what I feel like God is showing me is, and then that's, you share with them what you feel like God. You may not even tell them in that moment what that cartoon character is. You can later. So this is activation. It's practice. It's fun to do it. But remember, when you have a character come to mind, that it is the, what God is showing about that character. Okay? It could be a play on words. It could be characteristics, any number of things. All right. So I'm going to pray. God's going to show you something that's going to come to your mind, and you're going to go for it. Doesn't have to be long or in depth. We'll just take a, a minute here for each side. Holy Spirit, I welcome you here in Jesus' name. And I release a prophetic gift and activation for your voice to be heard. And I ask that you would show a picture, a cartoon character, and release your voice in this house to them. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to count to three. And then you can start prophesying. One, two, three. Go. up soon. Thank you, God. All right, I want you to start wrapping up. If you feel like you have more and it's a long prophetic word, hold on to it and give it to him later. stop in three, two, one. Okay, now I want you to switch. Shorter person, it's your turn. Start wrapping it up.
All right, we're going to wrap it up in three, two, one. And okay. So I have a question for everybody here. How many feel like what you heard tonight, if somebody gave you a prophetic word that it meant something to you? Awesome. Awesome. So, how many people here prophesied tonight and it was your first time doing it? Come on. So good. Let's give them a hand. I love that. Okay, I want to ask for two people who would be willing to share what somebody else shared with them. Not what they prophesied, but what somebody prophesied over to them just to encourage us as a group and we'll wrap up. But I just want to hear a couple of testimonies real quick. We'll be willing to come up. We'll need the microphone over here. Thank you. Okay? Okay? Cool. So we have the volunteers up here. Perfect. All right. So it's Share with us what you were told. And um, I was told that I'm like Wonder Woman because I do a lot of things and God gives me the strength to do a lot of things, which totally makes sense because I have like four jobs at the church and God, God gives me strength to do them all and I love them all. <laughs> but it was really cool that he just was kind of speaking into that, that he sees that I do a lot and that he's giving me strength to do it. So. That's so good. So let me ask you guys, does that sound like that could have been God? Yeah, it does. And I just also feel that God is bringing you into a, a place of recognizing a transformation in people's hearts. And so like the Bible saying, Jesus is a wonderful counselor. And that he wants to, he's bringing you to a place of of. Uh, where you're laying your head on his chest and in a place of, uh, of unpacking freedom for people in the area of emotions and identity and heart. It's going to be like just a real powerful thing in your life. Bless you. All right. We got over here. Who's sharing? I, I'm going to tell you what she said about me. Okay. Because um, she prophesied really... Well, she, she said she saw a rose, and then the rose got bigger and bigger, and the color was really deep. And so I thought, yeah, I just wanted to give you that message that she had for me. So from that the made Lord. that made sense to you. Well, if I think about it long enough, I will definitely figure it out. And yes, I do believe it. <laughs> you know, it was just a lovely thing that the Lord gave her to tell me. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I feel like God is saying is there's such a sweet fragrance about your life. And I saw the Lord like pick you out of a group of flowers and set you on a vase and say, this is my special daughter. And that he sees you and he sees the sacrifices that you've made and he sees that you have kept your heart. And I feel like you've purposely humbled yourself before God and kept yourself from getting offended at certain things. And the Lord said, your worship and your heart of unoffense has been so sweet and so beautiful and that people get to know God more by being around you because you just give off uh, this beauty and this fragrance of Christ in your life. 
He just is crazy in love with you and so proud of you. Bless you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, we had another one. All right. Well, this is just, well, while you were preaching earlier, I was just sitting there and I was taking everything in and everything. And then in, in a blink of an eye, I saw an orb above your head. And I was like, is my eyes playing tricks on me? Well, then I looked over at this table and I looked above all their heads. And they, now I'm looking around this room. Everyone in here has an orb above their head right now. I mean, and when you were moving, the orb was following you and it just did never never left you. It stayed with you. Everybody, everybody moves when they're moving in here. I can see above everybody's heads. I can see the presence of God above all your heads. It's just amazing. That's I mean, so I've cool. never seen that before in my life. So that's just mm. something totally new to me. And it's just, it's got me in awe. I'm like, wow. So God, we just pray that you would, you would help this, help your son know what you're doing and how to co-labor with you. Bring him in. I thank you, God, for opening his eyes, even into the visionary realm, showing him the angelic and what you are doing. And I ask you to teach him how, wow, how to cooperate with what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hi. What are you coming to share? Well, I had um, someone else uh, as my partner, and she said uh, about a show of Teen Titans and that there was this leader, and she said that I was a leader. Well, I know you, and I would say that word was right on. <laughs> this is our oldest daughter, Zoe. She's eight years old, and... Uh, She's amazing. And so, Zoe, I just feel like God is wanting to celebrate who he made you to be, that he loves the quality of life that you live in bringing leadership and direction and guidance. And the Lord just loves your heart, and he's designed you that way. And he's training you and guiding you and thinks you're amazing just like your dad thinks. <laughs> all right I'm going to close in prayer thank you all so much are you raising your hand to say something oh all right
That's awesome. That's so good. So glad God's speaking. And uh, if the, the best way to know you're hearing from God is by trial and error. It's listening and trying, listening and trying, listening and trying. Walking in humility is the best way to know that you, that you are. If I called you today and I said, hey, what's up? And you would say, hey, who is this? And why do you have my number? And I'd say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, this is Ben. Oh, oh, okay, hey. And we chatted for a minute, and I called you the next day, and I said, hey, this is Ben. And I called you the next day, and I said, hey, this is Ben. And I called you the next day, and I said, hey, this is Ben. I did that for 30 days. And on the 31st day, I called you and said, hey, what's up? Well, at that point, you would say, Ben, stop calling me every day. Even if I didn't introduce my name, but... You would know it was me because I talk with you every day. In the same way, when we're hearing from God, the best way to know that you're hearing from God is to listen. And one of the ways you know that you're really hearing from God is you try it. And then you recognize and try to determine what was it like? What did it feel like? What were the circumstances? What was it like when I heard from God and it was right? I remember being in a house that somebody had just moved into. Boxes were every, everywhere. And I asked God to show me where a light switch was at. Not, not a light switch, but an outlet, where an outlet was. And I felt like my attention was drawn to a certain spot. I went over and moved the boxes, and right there was that outlet. Now, it wouldn't have been the end of the world if it wasn't there and it was a few feet over, but it, it was there. So I was like, hey! What did that feel like? Well, so you start doing experiments with the Holy Spirit. You work somewhere that you fix stuff. Ask God what's the problem before you get there. Just some, just some, do, do, invite the Holy Spirit in. It's so fun. Respond to the voice of God. Let's pray. God, I thank you for these incredible people. I thank you that they were made to hear your voice that you love them and you can't help it. You just do. Bless them tonight as they sleep. Give some of them some weird, crazy, amazing, awesome dreams tonight. Some things they need interpreted tomorrow. Bless them, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.